Hey there, party people. This is Queer Watching. I am Jesse, here with my best pal, Brianna, and today we are talking about Bottoms. Bottoms is a 2023 American satirical teen sex comedy uh, directed by Emma Seligman from a screenplay she wrote with Rachel Sanat. The film stars Sanat, Ayo Edebury, Ruby Cruz, as well as a bunch of others, um, including Marshawn Lynch, who's a favorite of ours, being Seahawks fans. Mm-hmm. And the plot follows two high school senior girls who set up a fight club as a way to hook up with cheerleaders. Bottoms premiered at South by Southwest on March 11th, 2023, and was released in the U.S. August 2023. So a little bit behind release on this, but we both saw it in theaters, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got mostly positive reviews from critics. Um, And if some of the cast sounds familiar as well as the director they were the team behind shiva baby which we covered in december 2022 which i loved but you didn't really care for brianna so since this is the same team my question for you is you didn't like shiva baby how did you feel about bottoms better oh i absolutely loved bottoms (laughs) um uh i hate being late to movies I really love watching the the coming attractions of like what I can anticipate, but I forget why, but we were running late, but we got to see it at the Angelica cinema, which again, highly recommend in New York. It's great. And when we got there, like it had been some kind of event. I don't remember exactly, but the entire theater was packed and we probably were like 10 minutes. I don't actually know how much we missed in the beginning because I haven't watched it since, but when we walked in the entire theater was laughing, like, it was amazing. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So like I, we quickly sat down and within minutes I was just laughing. I thought the, the script was really witty. I like, I thought it was very satirical. Also, you know, I love sex humor. Um, I also do love violence and very like dramatic, like fake violence. And so just like the entire time, this, this movie, I feel like was made for me. It never got to a point that made me uncomfortable. Uh, but definitely like got me to points where I was like, why the fuck are you still talking? Specifically Ayo Edabiri and some of her like speeches about the like juvie and stuff like that. I was like, oh no, we still going with this. But it was all just so perfect. It like brought me so much joy. And I'm I'm sad I haven't rewatched it since then. And so it'll definitely be a thing that I do because I think it'll only get better the more I watch it and also the higher I am when I watch it. I feel like it's a peak stoner movie. Um, That's fair. Yes. I also feel like it could become like a, like not a cult classic in the way that like Rocky horror is, but like it'll, I think it's got staying power um, with, with the queer community. But how did you feel about it? Since I know you very much liked Shiva baby weirdo. (laughs) I loved Shiva baby. I liked bottoms. I thought it was good and not great. I think some of the comedy is hilarious. The monologues you're talking about by Josie, played by Ayo Atterbury, those were the funniest parts to me because they just keep going and she just keeps piling it on. And you're like, oh, it's like kind of like watching a train wreck, right? It just goes on a little too long and things keep getting worse. And you're like, fuck, no, stop, no, stop, girl. What are you doing? <laughs> And you're just like along for it and you just can't help but laugh because it's a little bit uncomfortable because of how long it keeps going. I think I liked those though, because I very much can imagine so many of my friends 
like looking at you and looking at Casey primarily being in those awkward as fuck situations. Cause how do you wind up high-fiving somebody at the end of a date? Like it just, that felt like it'd be something in this movie. And so I think that's why it teetered. It didn't, it didn't ever get too awkward for me. It teetered in like reality enough that I was like, okay, this is funny. And see, I would disagree with that. To me, it had, I had a hard time with it going back and forth on like reality, not reality. Cause like there are some points it seems to want you to think it's like, it's still a satire, but it kind of wants to play in the real world. And then when it goes off the rails, it goes very off the rails, but I just didn't feel as ready for it to go off the rails as I thought. And just, there was just some glaring things that if you're going to put it in a school setting that I was like, mm, I, I don't know about this, but that's not the point of it so <laughs> i do want to clarify not at ever not even once did i ever feel like this movie was grounded in reality i felt like it started us suspended above reality and then took us sometimes to the stars the parts that i found grounded in reality were the awkward monologues that I've seen my friends do or like those situations. Um, So I don't think I found them as maybe uncomfortable as you, which is weird for me because I find most awkward things uncomfortable. And I'm just like yelling at the screen, like, why are you not doing this? But maybe it was because I was in an audio theater packed with people who were laughing. So I was like kept out of my awkward feels and just in my, this is funny. Yeah. The humor is also a little more, unhinged than i typically go for like to be quite frank it's i love it (laughs) and it's unhinged in a couple different ways but it did get a little too violent for me as a as a squeamish guy like towards the end there's some some intense violence and and the and through the movie like they start a fight club so they're all pretty bruised and bloody for like the entire second half of the film and like some of that eventually by the end got to me a little bit. I got, I was like a little bit, like I'm done with the violence. And honestly, even some of the humor was a little, a little raunchier than I typically go for it. Now I saw with my partner and she loved it. It is exactly her brand of humor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she laughed, I think even harder than I did, but it was very enjoyable in the theater. Ours was also pretty full. So it, yeah. it definitely was a room full of queers like laughing their faces off. And that is always a good time. Absolutely. And I feel like I at times was coming back to the movie Game Over Man with Adam Devine that I have forced you to watch um, mm-hmm. in regards of like the grotesqueness of the violence. Um, I thought it was very tame in what I'm normally used to. Like it was also dramatic. So, okay. Yes, I do love action movies where there's just like an onslaught of violence and gore. But my favorite genre is like the action comedy. Um, and so there is there is a line. And I think that they towed it very nicely and made it dramatic enough that it looked like you could tell it wasn't real. But yeah. also like it could have been. I don't know. But anyways, I brought up Game Over Man because I felt like they also pushed the limits with the, what's the word that you used to describe the sexual jokes? Risque. Raunchy. Raunchy, whatever you said. Yeah, it's just, it's to me a similar type of comedy and violence combination, but 
bottoms is satire and commentary on like life and systems and stuff. And game over man is just a bloody comedy fest. Um, yeah. Bottoms has a lot more intention. I feel like, and, and oh, yeah. it's commenting on much more interesting and timely and real things. I think than your, yeah. Game over man. Silly. <laughs> it was <laughs> silly great. And game over man. Sure. Commented on absolutely nothing. Right. And that's the thing is I'm like, ooh, what a waste of time. Whereas this um, one, I do not feel sorry. No shade. Entertainment uh, is not a waste of time. Sure, sure, sure. But like this one, it's commenting on like social structures, right? Like the football players here that everyone looks up to and the town cares about, like they literally sit elevated above others. Like they're like on a throne almost and everyone bows down to them and they're like towering over people so like some of the exaggeration in this movie is very funny but i did find myself multiple times kind of i got taken out of it but like i just had to keep being like all right stay on board stay on board (laughs) we're gonna get there stay on board i get that did you know that did I I guess did you recognize Nicholas Galitzine as Jeff in this movie when we watched Red White and Royal Blue? Yes. I did not. And so I was like just perusing Wikipedia and I saw that and I was like, I very much prefer him in this movie than in Red White and Royal Blue. I think he did Same. a much better job of acting in this movie. Same. And yeah, it still was a corny, cheesy movie, but yeah, he plays a much he's better. Not a bad actor. Well, I don't know. That remains to be seen. I feel like I just feel like perhaps this was a much more fun environment, and it's more fun to play a doof than it is to play a serious role. I guess. And this is yeah, this is like goofball central here for his character. So I was very much reminded of. And I don't know if this was intentional or not, so I'm curious to hear your insights of the movie American Pie with uh, the Jeff character and then Mrs. Callahan having sex and like Stifler's mom. It very much gave that vibe. And I wasn't sure if that's what was supposed to like what I was supposed to pick up on or or not. But I was wondering if that was brought up for you. I could see why you would go there. I don't think about American Pie. Not to be a jerk, it's just not wow. a movie that comes up for me. I know we did watch it plenty, I feel like in high school. So well, I, I thought don't... it was hilarious, but you I know, mean, there are some funny parts, but I don't know. The sex humor is just usually not my favorite. I'm also a boring classic romantic, and I think that stuff is a little more private than <laughs> other people do. That makes sense, and I'm not. Which Correct. is why I find it funny. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally fine. Like, you, some people talk about everything, and that's fantastic. I'm so, just not one of those people. Hang on, wait one second. I just want to go back to what you just said. So, in that situation, you just said that something was private, which another word for that is also secretive. So, you understand why some people might not want to share things I think with other private- people. I think private and secretive are two different things. And I'm not saying I wouldn't share it with my best friends. I just mm-hmm. might not share it on a podcast for everyone. And for anyone who's not understanding this kind of far-reaching dig, frankly, that uh-uh. Brianna's trying to make here. Uh-uh. 
our trio best friend has decided that she doesn't want to share her upcoming baby name with us and it's honestly quite devastating for me and i'm not sure i'm ever going to get over it i'm processing slowly and alone because i'm not sure why secrets are being kept but um you know we can take that offline and, uh-huh. uh full on tantrum y'all full on tantrum you know what uh- you know what I think I made valid arguments and who doesn't love a dramatic response? I think you didn't take my suggestion of she's already named the kid. We haven't decided yet. And it's just going to be done in some white woman way where it all just like blends together and is spelt differently as a valid option because you never know. Maybe she's pulling the wool over her eyes, but yes, I was originally going to send this message in a text message. And I was like, you know what? It's better to bring it up on the podcast when we talk about sex. Is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. This would be one way you could blindside me on our podcast. That's supposed to be for love and connection, Brianna. Love and and connection. Insights and talking about the things we love. So let's stay focused. Also our friendship. But anyways, we digress. So I thought that the camera work really aided in making scenes like awkward or like helping put us into the shoes of these very like, as they self-proclaimed, like dweeby, unpopular, awkward, queer, young ladies, people. Why did I just say ladies? I don't know. Um, so I, I, I really did think this was a well shot movie. That's it. Yeah. That's my thought. Okay. Yeah, I think it was well shot. There I didn't really notice it being like beautifully shot, but it was mm-hmm. yeah. It did what it was supposed to do. It definitely helped grasp some of the awkward tension in certain areas or the just some of the lingering awkwardness. Yeah, that a lot of film cuts out because they just have to move on and run time. Whereas this one will just sit with it. Mm-hmm. While mm-hmm. everyone's just like, okay, what next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's real life. And those are the moments where I'm like, oh, ooh, this happens to me. Let's fill the silence. Fill the silence. <laughs> oh, my God. It happens to you. Oh, it's fine. Uh, At least you're really, really pretty. Thank you. I agree. I am really pretty. So Marshawn Lynch should probably just be an actor. I agree. Um, yeah. No, you no. Could, you could tell, or maybe I read as well, that he improvised the majority of his lines. And they were just hilarious. Whatever he's doing, just off the cuff, let the man go. Like, <laughs> we used to say, like, let Russ cook, but, like, let Marshawn improv and let him cook. Because <laughs> I mean, he comes up with some funny shit. I'm just saying, if Pete Carroll had let Marshawn Lynch improvise in this way back in 2016, rather than forcing Russell Wilson to throw, then we might have won that Super Bowl because clearly he's an amazing improviser and should be trusted to produce good quality work. I'm still bitter. Um, That's fine, but I'm not sure we can equate his running back ability to his improv ability. Those are not the same thing. Two very different skills. The moral of the story is to trust that this man is going to produce good work, especially when he has a history of it. I find Marshawn Lynch hysterical in like every commercial he's ever done and like all of the random videos that he's posted. He's just got good comedic energy. And that's part of just like, because everybody is obsessed with his like demeanor and personality and like lack of care, but also then being like, Oh, so you have been paying attention. It's not a lack of care from yeah. not paying attention. Like, oh yeah, he's not stupid. Yeah, 
Yeah. So yes, I think he proved himself to be capable of, of performing in this role, just like he had proven himself capable of being beast mode and capable of running it into the end zone, Pete Carroll. You done fucked up. This is our sports podcast. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's two for one deal. So yes, uh. Marshawn Lynch for the win. Um, I really truly wasn't sure what to expect from him, though in the way of like, him being able to deliver this many lines. Yeah. So I, I was I was very impressed. Agreed. Okay, so we're going to do a, a fun little activity where I read a letterbox review and we agree or disagree and then discuss it a little. So <laughs> this one is great. Rachel Sennett and A.O. Edbury could do Fight Club, but Brad Pitt and Edward Norton could could not do Bottoms. Agree or disagree? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to need to think on this, but I do have one clarifying question. Are we talking about Brad Pitt and I'm just blanked on his name, Edward Norton, as old as they are now or like the age they were when they did Fight Club? However you interpret it, I don't I don't know that it ultimately matters to me, I guess, the age they were in Fight Club. Okay. To me, it matters because then it would change the context of like, is this a high school movie or is this a non-high school movie? I ask those questions because I'm leaning towards... Yes, I think that they could play those roles if they were queer men. I think the big push right now, pushback right now would be that they're not, that neither of them are are queer or part of the LGBTQ community. But I think it would be a very different take because we'd be looking at it through the lens of, of gay boys. And I'm sure they'd still maybe want, instead of wanting to fuck the cheerleaders, would want to fuck the football team. So then would they be joining the football play, like the football team? And, or would they be starting the fight club and trying to get the football team to join them? Because then they were both like, because the football team was so bad. I like how you're planning the plot when the question is, can they do it? (laughs) I'm like, do you think as actors, they are capable? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm creating a world where they could be capable. Because in my mind, they have to be very, just very queer. Gotcha. So the queerness of this movie makes them almost not comparable. So kind of where you're, where you're at. Like comparing Fight Club to this is almost impossible. No. No. I'm more saying... In order for me to envision Brad Pitt and Edward Norton being capable of doing this role, they would have to be queer and the characters they were going to be playing would have to be queerer. So I'm imagining them as being just much more flamboyant and stereotypical gay, whereas like these characters are just people that would like blend into the background. Why would they have to be flamboyant? That's just what the, the 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 plot that I was creating in my mind. That's something that I would want to see. Okay. I'll hit you with another one. <laughs> I mean, I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think they could do it? I think Brad Pitt and Edward Norton could do Bottoms. Yeah, I do. I think they're both good comedic actors, and I think they could. I think... A.O. Edebury could do Fight Club. I am not sure about Rachel Sinat. <laughs> I think I just haven't seen 
I also didn't understand that it was supposed to also be reverse. Like, could these two women play in Fight Club as well? That's how I interpreted it. Oh, not Brad Pitt and Edward Norton playing in Bottoms. But Brad Pitt and Edward Norton couldn't do Bottoms. I think I think both. I think they could do Bottoms. And the women in this movie could also do Fight Club. I'm Well, one of them. I'm less sure about Rachel Snott. That's just, I think we both have slightly interpretations of this and that's okay. Yeah, no, I just didn't even consider the, the reverse of yeah. that. And I think, <laughs> no, I don't think they could do, I, I don't know if I could believe them in Fight Club. I think it's interesting. Because of the plot of Fight Club. Yeah, so being, I think it's. Being men. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to get at when I was saying it's kind of impossible to compare them because the identities of the characters in bottoms and fight club are so wrapped up in the plot of the story that's why i'm saying they're impossible to compare because you really can't have fight club with women because then it's not fight club and you really can't have bottoms with men because then it's not bottoms Mm -hmm. that's what i was trying to get at when i was saying they're impossible to compare i think if i just think of like all these actors abilities they're all well-rounded enough to do it with perhaps the exception of Rachel Sanat, I just haven't seen her show that. I It's entirely possible that she's capable of it. I just haven't mm-hmm. seen that. Yeah. No, I, I very much get that. And I, I think that that's why I immediately had to go to imagining the plot rather than just focusing on their capabilities. Right. Yeah, because the identities are so important in these stories. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, like, I very much think that Brad Pitt can play a gay character. I feel like he has played a gay character. And Edward Norton has already proven to be very versatile. So, like, I these those two men have a good repertoire. Whereas, like, I don't know much about Ao and Rachel to say, yes, they'd be good in that type of, like, commenting on society, not really with, com- not with comedy, but with violence. Yeah, although, as a co-writer of this... Clearly, Rachel Sennett could use violence in this story to get some points across, but it's hard to know if it's more than just satirical or things like that. And I guess the way in which they portrayed violence in Bottoms, like, I have to remember that there's violence in Bottoms. Oh, people die. So... No, I know. No, I know. When, when, yeah. Like, I remember watching the end of the movie and be like, oh, fuck, they're dead. Oh, like, yeah. They even make a side joke like, oh, well. We just killed a bunch of a okay. bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. So like I hear you about Rachel Sennett being capable of envisioning violence, but based off of Shiva Baby and this, I think she does it in a way that's very removed from actual violence. So I don't know if I would believe her playing somebody like that. And even in like the fight club mm-hmm. scenes are very different. Like, yes, there's some violence, but it's like, oh my God, I accidentally hit you. Or like the the fighting is very comical. Whereas like in fight club, it's like, no, I fucking bloodied your face until I can't tell who you are. And yeah. I can't envision Rachel getting to that point slash then acting that violently. But is that because I don't view women as being capable of violence in that way? Maybe. Charlize Theron is definitely capable of that violence. It's possible that she wants to use violence in a way as more of a tool than as a forefront kind of thing like Fight Club does. So I get your point, but it almost to me feels 
like an elevated way of using violence to be violent. Because to me, Shiva Baby is a little bit of a violent movie, even though there's no violence in it. And that some of these just interactions are are rooted in violence, even though you could say nothing physically violent's happening. I get that. Yeah. That's that's that. my only thought. And and to me, I think it kind of goes back to the the gender thing we're talking about. Is this the difference between women writing violence and men writing violence? Very much. Very much. I think it's I think it's the difference. I also chuckle. And this is because I'm just so uneducated about the horror film industry, but I'm chuckling to myself because I keep having to remind myself that Shiva Baby was a horror film. The Mm -hmm. same way I keep having to remind myself that Rocky Horror Picture Show is a horror film, even with horror in the name. So (laughs) like to me, violence in horror films is Saw, is Nightmare on Elm Street. But like, again, those are written... I believe, don't quote me on this, by men. So that's the lens that I view violence through. And to me, those are that's hyper-violence. Like, okay, I so then like... also the American lens of like, am <laughs> yeah. I just that desensitized where I'm like, you think that's hyper? I mean, yes, I do. Saw is hyper-violence. Yes, but like Nightmare on Elm Street, hyper-violence? I've only seen it once because it's terrifying. But I mean, I think when you get into slasher films, it almost becomes more... Everyone becomes desensitized because usually by the time the fourth or fifth person's getting slashed, you've seen it a bunch. But that's still hyper violence to me. Okay. Okay. You're giving me a lot to think about. And I feel like <laughs> I, we've, I don't want our listeners to be like, ah, they've digressed too far. But oh, yeah. What are they talking about? <laughs> what are they talking about? No, but I will keep considering that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. okay. What's the next got... review? Okay. This one's a tiny bit longer, but I think it'll okay. be interesting. If you thought Barbie was the best whimsical satire about feminism and the harms of the patriarchy, featuring music by Charlie XCX with a massive choreographed fight scene between warring factions crafted specially for lesbians, made in the year of our Lord 2023, well, guess again, it's this film. (laughs) Thoughts? Mm, I feel like I would need to read that one. Um, So they're saying that (laughs) essentially is a better, like, critique on patriarchy and its effects on people on women than barbie. barbie yeah that's essentially the takeaway yeah correct mm, okay i guess just a, not a neutral response i don't know if i agree with that the more complicated response is their approaches were very different so like okay. barbie even by the men who love patriarchy they could pick up how barbie was critiquing that effect also it just had a wider reach and so I think it had a greater impact and had the ability to have a greater impact than Bottoms did. Bottoms is a little bit more highbrow in the in the satire and if you don't know about the systems that they're critiquing then those jokes might fall flat and it's very gay and that eliminates its or limits, I should say, not eliminates, but like limits its reach. Shit, I almost spilt my water. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think this, I think Bottoms was great for for queer people. And I think Barbie was still needed. I completely agree with you. I yes. think, yeah, I think that's a perfect, perfect read. I think Barbie was trying to, in some ways, comment on behalf of all women 
in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think Bottoms is trying to comment on behalf of unattractive, untalented queers. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which is like a handful of us and we need to be seen too. So like for those folks, I think Bottoms is your movie. But yeah, Barbie's going to have the mass appeal that Bottoms will not. <laughs> I completely agree. I assume the person that wrote that review has some of the identities closer to Bottoms. And so for them... Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, checked that box was like, I feel seen, uh, you know, a lot more than some folks did with Barbie. Obviously not everyone, right? Barbie is still mostly for white people, but, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to hit you with one more. You ready? Okay, yes. Lesbians would rather create a fight club than go to therapy. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> Okay, as a therapist, I want to be like, facts, just yep. fucking figure your shit out. Yep. And also, I want to remain open to the different ways that healing can take place. But it does, I, I think it's more a comment on society's view of mental health and therapy than just lesbians like I, I think about like because again while fight club and bottoms are separate there is overlap and I think that it's critiquing fight club while critiquing America as well but that yes. was a fucking hilarious hilarious yes I agree there's a comment that says I'm a lesbian and I couldn't agree more right so <laughs> yeah I agree with you it's <laughs> What a boring movie that would have been if they're all like, oh, we have these issues and they all went to therapy mm -hmm. and everyone was fine. That doesn't mm -hmm. make an interesting movie. It makes right. healthy people, which we're here for, absolutely here for. Right. But yeah, wouldn't have gone to see that movie. No, I mean, I would have, but that's me. But also <laughs> if we do it through like the, if we take it a step further and are like, lesbians will join or like queer, queer women will join a fight club for sex before they will go to therapy for sex and I think that's hilarious because that means no I don't truly want to improve who I am I just want to have sex yep, yep. that is also a take <laughs> also I just genuinely um who was the who was the like uh secretary who Callahan oh Hazel I genuinely love Hazel Callahan's character. Sorry. Me too. Nope, Ruby Cruz's yeah. character. Because she's the person who always took things like one step too far, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So she's the one that like is the one that gets beat up at the assembly, but she's yeah. also the one making bombs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, yes. Yeah. She's the bomb maker, right? So yeah, like she's the one making this, bombs. She's the person in the group where like the group thinks that they're all on the same page. <laughs> and then you're like, how the fuck was that what you heard us say? And yeah. it's just I think she genuinely made the movie funnier. And I I don't know if I would have laughed as hard if she wasn't there. Yeah, I agree. I think adding her as an extremist did add some some comedy as well because they'd be like yeah we'll do this yeah we'll toilet paper and we'll do this and like these pretty tame things and she's like then we'll blow up the car and they're like whoa 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 let's uh let's take it back a second mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I thought the murder of the football coach or the football player, Jeff, was brilliant. <laughs> um, putting that in my noggin. Yeah. I just really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it's 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 a good time. I agree. We can talk about this. We don't have to. I had one more question on here, which was yeah. um, when you think satires, is this going to be one of your favorite satires or do you have a different one that you're like, no, this is my fave satire? I, I know for a fact I've seen a bunch of satires and I am not recalling any of them right now. So we uh, have talked about a couple on the show that are queer satires or at okay. least have some queerness in them. But I'm a cheerleader is honestly pretty satirical, right? Because it's exagger- yes. it's exagerating yes. Yes. <laughs> all that stuff. So that is obviously for queers a huge one um saved have you ever seen saved i have seen yes I <laughs> that is that. A... i watched that with sierra <laughs> gotcha. which was hilarious because then anyways, yeah <laughs> uh, wish you well um so that's yeah. obviously a religious satire so that one's very mm-hmm. funny those are two of the like two of the lighthearted ones or more lighthearted i think and queer that come to mind for me also sorry to bother gonna... you Yes. Okay. So I was, my next question was going to be like, okay, but are we also like, is satire not only in like comedy though, right? Oh yeah. There's all kinds. Okay. Yeah. So Um, I would then also very much put get out up there. Um, you know, I don't know if I would call that satire though. Yeah. Me either. That's what I was struggling with. Boy with racism. It's hard to say if it's satire because how exaggerated is it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the fact uh, that we can be like, oh no, this could really happen. Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways, right? Like the brainwashing part is probably, but like, boy, I-, I personally would not put get out in satire, but I-, I see your point. I feel like it's the wrong descriptor, but I see why you used it for sorry to bother you. Um, yes. Cause that's next level. <laughs> that Okay. But would you call that movie violent? Let me, let me just answer your question. Um, I do think this will stick in a in a satire, like highly ranked satire category for me for a while. Yeah. But I genuinely, it's not something I think about. Yeah, that's fair. What about you? I like this movie, but it's not one I'm going to think about long term. I think because kind of when we touched on earlier is like it's a little more niche. And while I was a queer high schooler and honestly looked like a lesbian, this still was not my yeah, identity. <laughs> I know, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this still was not my identity. I was much more of a jock. I, you know, this isn't a brag, but I did have a lot of friends. So I didn't have that like loneliness thing all the time going on. So you just um... weren't getting it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I wasn't that interested in that. In high school. I know. I, know. <laughs> I had I so was. much else going on. <laughs> what do you <laughs> so mean? Your life was so that. easy. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand how if you had this identity in high school, right? This will resonate with you a lot more. It just wasn't mine, so. Do you like Emma Seligman and bum bum bum? What's her name? Uh, Rachel Sinat as like writers and and an actor enough to like continually like like follow their career or go and see their movies. Ooh, I love this question, and here's why. Oh, good. The truth is, I will actively be following them for all of their careers. 
but I'm not sure it's because I necessarily love all of their work mm-hmm. and more that it's very queer centric and I mm-hmm. love queer centric things. So, mm-hmm. um, and I loved Shiva Baby and that was their, the directorial debut. So like if the first thing that this director made, I loved, I'm probably on board forever. Even if you make stinkers from here on out. So I'll be seeing, yeah, pretty much everything they make probably. And the thing is like, if Bottoms is their worst film or whatever, like then they're slaying because it's still hilarious. Like I laughed a ton. Had a Shiva great Baby time. would be their worst film. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Yeah. So I think I like them, you know, not my favorite, but they're, they're making queer content I'm here for. I think the thing with Bottoms is also for me, may have been a little overhyped because it was one of the only queer comedies coming out this year. And so I was like, yes get to cover it for the podcast it's going to be a comedy it's got people who already made a movie i love and so i think there was a tiny bit of like it couldn't live up to the the bar i had already set for it as well that makes sense yeah so i guess by way of your answer i too will be watching these movies for the rest of their career um not because like i wouldn't on my own because i agree but i don't think i would retain the information in my mind that it's these two people I think I would just keep going because they're queer movies. Yeah. And because you podcast with me, sounds like you'll be watching them. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on Queer Watching. If you like, if you liked what you heard, give us a five-star rating where you get your podcasts. You can also send us an email with recommendations or feedback at queerwatching at gmail.com. Have a good day. Happy Halloween. <laughs>